Welcome back to a, another week of Tribe Talk. This week I have got Jack Ravel on and he is a mindset life coach and I want to talk to Jack today just to get to know him so you guys can get to know him because he's doing some great stuff on Instagram at the moment. So hello, welcome. Thank you very much for having me Emily. How are you doing? Good, thank you, good. We, we were just saying it's a little bit grey today so probably the best time to record because you're not going to be tempted to like run outside and like frolic in the sun. No, absolutely. Well, it's funny you say that because I did actually do, uh, I did a half marathon for charity this morning. So uh, I was actually running outside, but it wasn't so nice weather-wise. So <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was definitely, actually it was a nice morning to run because it, usually when it's too hot, it's, it's not fun. You just need a drink every five minutes. So uh, yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely did it on the right day. I love how you just casually slip that in. Oh yeah, I just did a half marathon this morning. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it was planned. Like I, I didn't just wake up and decide. No, it was uh, it was something that I've 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 been pl- I, I planned for a couple of weeks, and uh, I actually as part of uh, obviously helping a friend of mine who's who's unfortunately just been diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, acute leukemia and he is um, not in a good way so uh, a lot of his friends and family have, have done things that shade their heads and done sort of um, you know bake, bake sales and zoom quiz charities and things and I said well you know I like running and I can do something like that so um, yeah I did that this morning and, and hope, help, hopefully helped raise some money for, for him so that was uh, yeah it was my, my good deed for, for, the, for the day for the week. That's amazing. How, what, what is, is it a check for charity or is it to help him get the treatment? What's the, it's the, for the it's NHS, but it's specifically for the Norfolk and um, Norwich uh, hospital in which he's in. And it, it kind of goes a bit deeper because he was um, basically diagnosed six weeks after he had his first baby boy, Charlie. And so basically along with obviously Corona, uh, his wife and him have been isolating from his family and now he's got to isolate from them because obviously he's got this, this illness and it's just, it's just all come at once and he's just uh, such a positive guy, but it's obviously hit him as it would anyone quite hard. So he's become, uh, yeah, he just, he just needed a bit of like a moral support from wherever he could get it. So, you know, I can't see him obviously, but I can do my bet from, uh, from afar. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, it felt good to, to push myself and, and I was going for a PB. I was going for a personal best, which unfortunately I missed off by about three minutes, which was really annoying. But, uh, I, you know, I learned, I learned, I learned, I learned some lessons during it and I, um, I definitely enjoyed the runs. So that was good. Is, I, I noticed, um, on, on your Instagram, you were saying that in May you had uh, like a huge list of things that you wanted to do. And there's a video where you've gone onto your live and you're kind of like ticking off each thing that you've done. And I think that that's, that, that shows who you are and that kind of shows what you do. But I wondered if maybe it'd be lovely to talk about some of the things that you learned over that month, but could you possibly just kind of start with, you know, who you are, where you started from and kind of where you are now? Of course, absolutely. So yeah, my name's Jack Ravel. I am a, as you said, a mindset life coach that has been 
working in the industry uh, for probably about, I reckon, three years, uh, sort of, you know, mostly. I've always been interested in, in self-development and bettering myself and challenging myself. And I'm a very much an all or nothing kind of guy. Uh, my background is a little bit more different. I uh, used to or have been, and I still dabble in it a bit, but not so much now, but um, I've been in the modeling industry for about 11 years. So um, I started off when I was 18 and, uh, and I kind of just fell into it. And it was one of those jobs that I thought, oh, I'll do this for a bit and see where it goes. And yeah, 11 years later, I was still going. So it clearly worked. But um, for me, modeling never gave me uh, what, what I really wanted in life. And it never it had elements I liked. I could travel, which is a big, big passion of mine. Um, I was flexible, which is again, a big, big part of my life. I like to be able to sort of have the control over my diary and not have to sort of feel like I'm not working for somebody else. It's not the way of looking at it. I think it's more that I, 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 if I want to work 50 hours, 60, 70 hours a week, I can because that's not under my control. I'm not like constrained to just the office hours that, that society says. So uh, I'm very ambitious and I'm very driven when it's stuff that I am getting behind. So modeling for me was a really good opportunity to meet lots of people, network, uh, I'm a super sociable person. So that for me really ticks some boxes. Um, but in between those 10 years, I've, I've sort of started and, and I, say, I say failed because I, I haven't doing them, not doing them anymore. Uh, learned from three other businesses. I, I set up an events company uh, when I was sort of about 22. That was really fun. Um, my background before I got into modeling was kind of event wise stuff. And I uh, threw, you know, the network of people that I knew um, met quite a few people that, that basically were like, well, we're all sort of actors and models and dancers that haven't got like a full-time job, but we need extra work. So I kind of joined them and my event business uh, and, and sort of put the two, two together. And that, that went quite well for a while. Um, but then I just found that it was a lot of work and I hadn't really sort of, I wasn't dedicated enough to the cause. And I sort of thought, you know what, actually I'm going to quit while I'm ahead and pass on some clients to someone that was, I knew that was doing much better in the same industry. And sort of, so I kind of left it on really good terms, which was nice. Then I traveled more. Then I came back and uh, I started up a, a street food company, which was, uh, which was super, super fun. Uh, and I learned a shed load from that absolute shed load. And I think that's probably been my biggest learning curve so far from going it's just such hard work and you, you just have to really dedicate your life to it. And when I actually started that, it was something that I wanted to be this and it ended up being this and I couldn't quite join the gap. And so for me, I, I just, again, left it at like, well, you know what? I've taken a lot from that. I can now look forward and, and, and do and do other things. Um, so, yeah. And then, and then that brings me on to kind of like the, the next step, which was sort of coaching. Now coaching came about because I actually got given a life coaching session from uh, an ex-girlfriend's mum, right, for Christmas. And a um, bit of a strange gift because I didn't really know how to take it, but she was the sort of person that was always about, you know, really, really lovely person. And I kind of took it in the best way possible. So I went along to this session. And if I'm honest with you, I thought coaching was like, they're going to solve all my problems. You know, they're going to basically tell me where I'm going to be, what I'm going to do. It's like a Mystic Meg type thing. Um, but I was actually very surprised that it wasn't. It was a lot of like deep questioning, um, things that you kind of would ask yourself in a, in a, in a time when you feel like you're being a bit self-exploratory and, and self-development and stuff, but never actually follow through with it. And what a coach does or what a coach did for me was kind of make me really uh, accountable for what I wanted in life. And so came away from that one session and thought, well, actually, that was, that was pretty cool. Like I feel really motivated to want to go and do the things that I've said I want to do. So I ended up booking like six more 
and then yeah like it put me on this like path of okay I can actually do things in life that I put my mind to it's just having a sort of set of tools and I suppose structure that allows me to do that so um yeah I, I sort of sat on the idea of of or actually I was coached for, for for about sort of you know six weeks or so and then um I kind of just went out into the world and told loads of people about this incredible experience I'd had and every time I told someone about it I'd get asked like oh so what tools could you give me or what the, you know can you go have some advice here and me being me of course I'd go yeah of course try this try that da, 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 whatever and it was only until one day someone said to me Jack why don't you just look at becoming a coach you like you know that you like it you talk about it like it's your job anyway why don't you look at see if you can study and you can learn a bit more about it and you can get accredited and all this sort of stuff and I just thought well okay why not and it was literally so serendipitous but that weekend I looked there was a a free two-day taster course with the company that I studied with uh, and they would do they had like two spots left for that particular course and I thought you know what meant to be so i clicked it and I, and I went and yeah the rest is history um it's um it's it's now brought me into uh where i am today um for me right now with everything that's going on in the world the 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 sort of the, the mixture between what i was doing which which i still do do i still do some modeling shoots and i do you know campaigns for adverts and stuff like that which is great but there was always this sideline thing I wanted to pursue more because I had control over it and I had, uh, you know, I, I had more opportunity with it and I could see myself growing with it. And actually COVID and, and, and the whole pandemics pushed me into putting more of my effort into that because ultimately everything else on my other life vanished overnight. So um, it's given me the, the kick up the arse I really need basically. And uh, now I'm in a position where I'm promoting you know, the good energy and the good vibes through positive mindset that I think a lot of people need right now. But also I think a lot of people don't realize that they actually do have within themselves. Uh, they just need the tools and the right, uh, you know, resources to, to apply it to whatever it is they're looking to achieve. Mm. I think like there's so much from what you've just said, but um, one thing that I kind of thought of as you were talking, especially about COVID, it's this pandemic has really forced people to sit with themselves mm. and I think it's quite interesting to see how different people have reacted to it because I know that obviously there's a lot of people that have been challenged with their businesses kind of halting overnight um, income halting overnight and um, I'm a Pilates teacher and obviously that's my like part of my big part of my income and that's gone um so you have to come up with ways to kind of get around it and you're either going to learn resilience or you're going to yeah. let it let it crumble um how have you found the people that you work with have you found that in this pandemic you've had more people reaching out to you have you found you know the similarities in, in what they're what they're needing from you how what have you found? yeah so i mean obviously so the people that I tend to attract in terms of clients, I, I think, and I, and I, and I, I, this is what I've kind of gathered from the people I work with and people that I talk to about it is that I get a lot of people that like to look at, look at me as someone who kind of walks the walk as well as talks the talk. You know, I do tend to follow through things that I do. Uh, I, I come, I, I come from a place of, 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 um, 
of experience in a way, but also of practicality. And I'm very like logical thinking with, with everything I do. You know, I think if, if I've got to achieve that, then I need to do this, this and this to get there. You know, it's, it's that there's a process involved. So a lot of the clients I work with will, will, will need some sort of help with maybe structure or confidence or, or just kind of connecting the dots really. And I think that's kind of the best way to put it. And so when it comes to things like COVID and, and basically where everything's been thrown up in the air and no one knows what's going on, um, it's, it's obvious that people are going to be like, oh God, I'm stressed. Oh, I don't know what to do. Uh, I had, a, I had a, a job yesterday. Now I don't like, what do I do? And there are some people that will take it as a, and I, and I was saying this to someone actually the other day, someone, some people that will take it as like a, a small win. So they'll be like, you know what? Great. I can now watch Netflix till I'm you know, square and square in the eyes. Right. And, and that's just me. And I'm actually not that bothered because I'm, I've got, you know, I can work on stuff that I've been, you know, I've got other stuff I can work on or I'm, I'm, I feel good about it. And then they've got the other side of the coin. They're like, Oh my God, I don't know what to do with my time because I've been filling it all this time with either work or, you know, play or whatever. Now I've got so much time in my hands. I don't know what to do with it. And then there's these people in the middle that kind of see a bit of both sides and they're like, right, well, my job might not be secure but I've also got lots of time in my hand. So how can I use this to my best advantage? And it's the only time I guarantee in our history, unless something like this comes along that isn't as, you know, unless we know about something else that's, you know, not COVID, but something similar, the only time in our history where we are going to be forced to literally slow down and stop. Okay. Only time. So you can look at it from two ways. You can either look at it as like, okay, well, I'm just going to chill and wait for this to pass over. Or you can sit and wait for it to pass over, but also make your time productive. And I spoke to a, a guy called Chris Williamson a couple of, a couple of weeks ago on, a, on one of my Instagram um, lives. And he said it really, really well. He said, look, imagine yourself in 50 years time. You're talking to your grandkids about the pandemic of 2020. What are you going to say you, you did in the pandemic? Did you watch 10,000 hours of uh of netflix did you uh you know just play playstation did you complete you know call of duty or whatever or did you learn a language that then did something for you in later life or did you uh do a course that then led you on to doing something else or did you start a business or did you uh you know help your community or did, you know whatever it might be but what are you gonna look back and you're gonna be proud of and i think that's a really good question to ask yourself right now is because it really make you think about what you're using your time for it may not seem important right now what you're doing like if you're doing a one hour's course every every day or every week that's gonna maybe get you better at something that you're interested in great yeah right now it's not going to do much for you but you may need that when this all goes back to normal and suddenly your job isn't available anymore you may be like oh well, actually i've been studying this other subject maybe i can go and do that as a job and you've suddenly got an opportunity that you've created for yourself and you don't necessarily need other people to to give you that opportunity for it to happen so yeah i think that there's a big a big part of this whole thing that this whole pandemic that you have to look positively at you know you have to look at right what has it taken away from us it's taken away our freedom taken away our rights in a way it's taken away lots of different things but what's it given us given us time it's given us the ability to look, put everything in perspective it's given us the time and the, the ability to look at the world from a very different point of view and onward from now be able to look at it and go actually maybe that was what i needed that's the reason why this has happened is because i don't like that job i'm actually doing i was just in it because it was great three years ago but i've actually outgrown it what do i want to do now where do i want to pivot where do i want to see myself in five years time what if this is going to like take over the world and, and Armageddon's coming in five years. What do I want my last five years to look like? How proud do I want to be 
to be looking back on the next five years? You know, that's the sort of questioning you have to be asking yourself if you want something out of this time. Mm, yeah, I think a lot of people started off with really good intentions. So like totally. the pandemic happened and they're like, I'm going to become fluent in Spanish. But they ended up watching the whole of Tiger King and now they're like really into what's going on with Carol Baskin. Like yeah. that's, that's kind <laughs> of what, how I feel like a lot of people reacted to it. And I don't think it's necessarily, I don't think we can turn around and be like, you know, your time was wasted or your time was not as productive as others because I think that's when we start to compare ourselves to other people that's when kind of it gets a little bit messy but I like what you said about you know what are we going to do with this time and like what can we make of it and I think Mm. what would you say to people who maybe did start off with really good intentions for the first couple of weeks and then the let the motivation kind of slow like how would you motivate somebody to kind of keep on doing what they want to do yeah, of course. I mean, uh, first, first question you've got to ask yourself is what do you, what do you want? What do you want to achieve? Um, I think a lot of people, when they think of what they want, they think why they want it, right? It's, it's sort of, okay, why do I want to start a business? Is it because I want uh, security? Do I want money? Do I want fame? Do I want status? You know, whatever it might be. But after, if you concentrate on the why, right, it's not going to get you many places. It, you need to concentrate on what you actually want. And, and by doing that, you create a tangible product in which you can then set realistic goals around. So, for example, let's say you start off with um, like, what, what do I want during lockdown? Let's say you want to start, you, you know, you want to learn a language. OK, so you want to learn the language. OK, and you look at what will I gain from learning a language? Not why do I want to learn language? It's what will I gain from it? What will it do for my life? How will it benefit me going forward for me doing this thing? Okay. And when you have a clear idea of that, so for example, if you want to learn a language, uh, what will it gain? It will give you uh, a skill set that means you can work in another country or you can use it as a translator or something along those lines, or it might just be that you want to broaden your skill set. Um, and you've got to look at what, you know, what, what that, what that particular uh, skill set's going to give you and, and, and almost imagine that you're already there and, and sort of look future focused because what that does is, and, and when you start actually really thinking about it and going, okay, well, okay, so if I could go and work in another country, that means I could maybe have this opportunity or that opportunity. And you get quite excited about it and you start to really plan for the future. So when you get this there, when you get this, this sort of almost future focused uh, vision of yourself in the future, write it all down, right? You know, what, what you want to have, you know, where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? All that sort of stuff. And then you just have to work backwards. And it's a really simple process. You just have to break down the, the parts in which you need to achieve. So like you look at where you are right now and look at where you need to get to, because you've got that stage, you've got the, the end result, essentially, you, you know, tangibly what you want to achieve at, at, at the end of it. And if you can set a date on it, even better, because it means that you've then got a deadline for that particular goal. So let's say you want to learn a language by this time next year. It's a good goal, right? So you've got a year to do it. So how then, how can you break down that particular goal into a year? And it comes back to a very specific, a very uh, simple method, which is called smart goal setting, S-M-A-R-T. And it's just basically being specific, measurable, uh, achievable, um, realistic and time-based and those things together will create a goal that is almost impossible to fail at. Right. And so if somebody has started something, and then maybe like dropped off the wagon or something's maybe not right or they haven't bothered with it anymore. You've got to look at why. And it might be because the person has, um, I don't know, lost interest is usually a big one. And then you've got to think, okay, well, so then you've got to go back to what am I doing this for in the first place? And maybe it was a good idea at the beginning, but actually it's just something they kind of like, it was, it was what they call an aspirational 
idea rather than like a core idea. So a core idea is something that you really believe you want. Okay. It's like, you really believe that you want security in your life. So therefore I need to get this in order to have that. Whereas if an aspirational one might be like money, right? Money sometimes drives people to do things, but actually when you start getting it in, you don't actually get the feeling that you really want, which is the security of having you know, whatever it is you've started, you know, the money is a sideline project. So it's really understanding where your values lie. Um, and and in, in order to get there, in order to get from, you know, starting an idea and, and, and moving it through to finishing it, you just have to have discipline and create habits around your daily routine that cause you to be doing it every single day. And I'm not saying that you have to like study hours and hours and hours a day, but you do have to do something every day that will get you closer to your goal because it's, it's, it's compounding. It's compounding your, your emotions into that particular thing. And as we all know, practice makes perfect. So if you start something today and do it a little bit tomorrow, a little bit the next day, a little bit the next day after that, it's going to get easier and easier as you go. Right. We've been taught that since we were kids. So if, but if you start it and go full blown into it and start doing five hours a day for a week, and then you wonder why you've dropped off the wagon, because it wasn't a realistic goal that you set yourself. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, uh, you couldn't, can, you can't keep that up for the entirety of your, of your goal. So like break it down and break it down into the smallest possible thing that you could do every single day in order to get closer to that goal. So I would say if you're going to learn language, get on Duolingo or um, uh, um, Babbel or one of those other apps, just do 20 minutes a day. 20 minutes a day. That's it. And then just, and then, and then put it to the side next day, 20 minutes a day. You'd be amazed how much you can learn in three months. Yeah. I think the realistic part is just so on point as well. Cause when I used to, I'm personal trainer. Um, I don't do it as much now, but I used to get people come to me and be like, okay, I've got a holiday in a month and I want to lose a stone and a half. <laughs> yeah. And you do and automatically you'd just be like, no, this is why I didn't make it as a personal <laughs> trainer, to be honest, because I was like, A, I'm not going to encourage you to starve yourself. B, you're not going to keep this up. You're just going to fluctuate. And it's why probably I just, it wasn't the career for me. But, you, you know, you, you have to make sure that in life, if you are going to set goals, they need to be realistic because otherwise it will just become a tool to beat yourself with. Exactly. Absolutely. I, I, I can't, I can't agree more. And, and that's exactly the thing. It's when people leave it to the last minute as well. And they understand, understand that, hard work is called hard work because it's hard, right? It's not, it's not like if everybody, this, I love this. I love this. Someone said it. I can't remember who it was, but if everybody was like superhuman and was able to just like lose a stone and a half in a month or start seven, eight figure, you know, salary businesses overnight and um, become a YouTube sensation next that tomorrow, we'd be boring humans because we'd <laughs> all be the same, right? It, it like it's that classic example of like separating out that one percent of people that actually want to put in the hard work to be someone in life it's got it's got to take some 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 persistence and discipline some hard work and some passion and you'll get there you just have to keep that up every single day and that's something that we are lacking in as a society and so if you can put all those things together into anything you're doing that you are feel passionate about and strongly about and that you love doing just keep going. That's all I can say. Just keep going. Start it and just keep going because you'll be amazed what comes out of it. People reach to you. You reach out to them. I mean, like, the, the fact, you know, you and I met through Instagram and it was, you know, you, I think you saw something of mine that I've been putting out. And, you know, for everyone listening, I've been doing Instagram stories and, 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 um, and, and IG lives for about six weeks. That's it. 
and I've recorded five podcasts and I've done almost a live every single day. And, you know, I've just created a bit of noise around what I'm doing and it's, and it's snowballed and it does because I'm, I'm putting the effort in and it's that as, as the expression goes, you know, you get out what you put in. So if anyone's listening that wants to just start and just get something done, just, just do it every single day without fail, create a habit for yourself because it will pay off in the end. I promise you. I mean, I feel like you were directly talking to me there. I know you weren't, but like that's that really spoke to my soul because, <laughs> like, I there's so there's I, I mentioned um, to you in an email like I've been looking at becoming a coach for a long time. I've been kind of working with people on a casual kind of basis, but it's something that I want to create a career from. So I've started doing the work. But I think for me, the excuses it's the excuses. I'm like my hair looks horrific. I'm going to have to put makeup on if I want to go on Instagram live. Like I keep, and I think it's because deep down I'm like, there's that fear. There's that real kind of, what if I show up and nobody, nobody like wants to hear from me. And I think that that's, that is something that can quite often put pop, stop people in their steps because they kind of have this feeling. And I know that I've grown up with this, but this feeling of kind of, I'm not good enough. And it's Mm. something that I worked through, through, you know, when I was going through my eating disorder and all of the starting to my problem was this, I'm not good enough. It was the baseline for my entire life. But I'm, what really interests me is that no matter where I look on social media or the, the internet, there will be somebody who at one stage in their life has had those thoughts that has thought that exact sentence of I'm not good enough or, you know, it's that comparison again. Mm. But I think you are such, you're one of those people, like you said, like you, you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk, which I think is why you have got to this stage where people are like, I want to talk to you. Like, you know, (laughs) that's kind. Thank you. Thank you. No, you I think what you said before about, um, you know, becoming a coach, first of all, I think you make a great coach. You've got an amazing personality and your rapport is, 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 is amazing. I think that that's one of the hardest things about becoming a coach. It's having that automatic relationship, um, you know, energy with somebody because ultimately a coaching it's, you're really diving into somebody's life and you're not just going surface level where you're kind of, mm. you know, talking to someone about what they've been up to for the day. You're going a couple of levels deeper and you're really finding out what it is that motivates them, what it is that drives them, what it is that scares them, what it is that, you know, makes, stops them from being the person they could be. And, you know, to touch on what you said about not sure that I'm good enough. Okay. The one thing I would say back to that is what's the worst that could happen? And if you actually ask yourself that question and really think about it, right? I'm, I'm literally, and I've I've done this with clients before. Write down what is the worst that can happen on the top of your piece of paper, and then just start bullet pointing the things that are coming up in your mind, the fears, the the things that are you know the limiting beliefs, the things that are coming up, and then look at them, okay, and go if that actually happened, where would it leave you? And if that happened, right, where would that leave you? And have you got any evidence that that's really going to happen? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and when you start answering these questions, you realize that it's all, it's all in here. It's all in your own head. And it's easy to say because, it, you know, it, it's not you doing it. But ultimately, if you can understand that you are the only thing stopping you from becoming the best version of yourself, the, the, the quicker you realize that, the more potential you'll have. Um, other people's opinions are unfortunately always going to be there. Okay. And that the power of being able to eradicate those and get them out of your system is being able to just be ruthless. And I say ruthless with, with quite a lot of emphasis because for example, I'll tell you a little story. I went off Instagram for a year and a half back in 2018, 
just just I just, just just deleted the app and didn't look at it for a year and a half. And uh, I did it because I wasn't having a great relationship with it. And it was back when I just discovered uh, coaching and I, and I was basically on this like self-development kind of uh, journey. And I realized that I was wasting a lot of time on it and um, I didn't really have such a purpose for it. And what I found was that actually being off social media gave me a lot more confidence. And uh, I realized the reason I got that was because I wasn't worrying about what other people thought of me. And other people's opinions can really like really damage your self-confidence right because and and the thing is that you can't stop them coming at you because it's somebody's free speech it's somebody writing on the internet it's something that you can't stop but you can control how it makes you feel and if somebody makes you feel awful then if you've got if you've got those comments just delete them just ignore them unfollow them block them you know just put it to one side it's their opinion versus yours right or, or somebody else's and for every one of those i guarantee you'll have 10 other people saying the complete opposite those people that are saying negative things about you if if, if you're not doing if you put yourself out there have problems with themselves they are the ones that are insecure and they're the ones that are jealous that you're doing something that they wish they should be doing as well and for every and I, I tell you this as, as absolute fact and and i and i proofs in the pudding is that when i first started doing instagram lives i was a bit nervous because i thought well i don't know how they're going to be received and the first five or six i, I really didn't get much other than from like my mum and my sister and a few other people going oh that's cool i've seen you on instagram live it sounds really cool whatever by like week two i started having random people message me go hey i've just seen you on so-and-so's live uh, really like that and this um you know can i ask you a question on this that and the other and then as soon as those come in the, the feeling that you get when somebody outside of your circle recognizes what you're doing and asks you a question for your advice or your opinion on something in a positive way it like makes all of the negative comments that you've ever got just go see ya like it just they just don't even matter anymore and to get those good comments, you have to put yourself out there. That's the thing. You can't get anything back without putting something out there first. So I'd say that if anybody's nervous about putting themselves out there in whatever respect that means, whether it be online, whether it be in, in person, whether it be in any shape or form, the, the only way you're going to find out whether it lands well or well lands at all is by doing it. It's just by trying. Because as the analogy goes, the word fail, right? F-A-I-L, it stands for the first attempt in learning, okay? So if you fail at something, don't, don't give up because it's just your first attempt, simple as that. And then the second time you try, it's still a fail, okay? But it's still your first attempt at the second try, you know? And the third and so on and so on until you get it right. But if you, even if it takes 10 years to get it right, it's still 10 years of hard work that's worth it rather than never starting in the first place and wondering what if, that's mm. what I always say. Absolutely. I always say opinions are like arseholes. Everyone's yeah, got everyone's got one, but you don't want to see everybody else's. Yeah, definitely. You it's know, um, it's a less. It's probably a bit less uh, kind to the ears as yours. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, uh, I like it. It's good. It's it's yeah. It does it says exactly what it says on the tin. Um, interestingly, just before we go on, a, a topic I've just literally looked, watched a video this afternoon, which I think is really would could be quite helpful for anyone, and it's by a guy called Kevin Kelly. Now, Kevin Kelly, um, it's called One Thousand True Fans. Now. Um, a lot of people that start on social media are all about the following. Okay. Let's be honest. You get on there, you want followers. That's what you want. Right. And it's what the media and the celebrities and the influencers and all that want you to believe that you need. Right. It's, it's a load of bollocks because actually what 
drives Instagram or Facebook, or I'm not sure about LinkedIn, but I know that those two particularly drive is engagement. Engagement is what gets you more views further in the organic searches. Um, if you've ever gone onto Instagram and you found a profile and then you see the little like arrow button down, it's a suggested the way you show up and suggested is when your engagement level is high. Okay. So in order to get a high engagement, what do you need to do? You need to be having people that actually engage on your, co- on your, on your products or your, or your socials or whatever. Right. So why would you want 10,000 people following you, for example, with only a hundred of them commenting, right? It's pointless. Like you only actually, and, and actually you're going to get lost in amongst the, the black hole that is Instagram. You're better off having, and this is what Kevin says, a thousand, just one thousand. I know it sounds like a big number, but actually, a thousand isn't in the grand scheme of things. True fans, and those true fans are the thousand people that will comment on everything you put up. They'll like everything you 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 post. They'll even buy everything that you 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 sell them. They'll uh, share everything that you want shared. You know, they'll interact with you on a daily basis because they love your message and they love your dedication to the cause. Okay, so if you're starting out on something that you want to get heard or or looked at or whatever just focus on who you're talking to and be super specific about what you're doing because you're better off being specific about what you're looking at what you're talking about and who you're talking to than trying to appeal to the masses because as the expression goes you try and please everyone you're going to please no one so um it's a really if you type in just type in 1000 true fans into youtube you'll see there's loads of videos on it um and it, it it's it's amazing like it's uh it, it just literally just wipes the floor with all the people that are like, yeah, you need a million followers to be like an influencer bollocks to it. You don't. Mm. Well, it depends. I guess it depends on what you, your personal view of what an influencer does. If it's oh, somebody who gets paid to do marketing campaigns and things mm. like that, you know, or if it's somebody who actually influences people's lives by sharing yeah. their stories, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with them. Um, my friend, Michael Maisie, who's, he's, he's killing it at the moment. He's incredible. Um, but he gets so frustrated by the fact that there are so many people who have got real stories to tell and can are really on, they're only on Instagram so that they can help other people mm. and they're drowned out by like these huge things. But he's, he always says, you know, if you can help one person, that's, yeah. you know, that's all, that's better than nothing, you know? Yeah. No, um, right. Have you always been this kind of way? Like did I know nobody kind of when they're younger goes, oh, I want to be a coach when I grow up. But like, have you always been, have you always found this kind of passion for learning, passion for self-development? Like, or did um, you want to be like a footballer? No, like I actually wanted to be a pilot when I was younger. Uh, that was my, nice. uh, my dream job. Yeah, yeah. I just, um, I don't know why I never pursued that actually. Maybe I should. Maybe I didn't, maybe I wasn't, I couldn't get the maths test or something, but yeah, look, I've always been very sociable and very good at networking and sort of in the early days of my, I suppose, adult life, I was, I was always good at quite, I was good at sales, but, but because I was good at talking to people and I could approach anyone and found a common ground with a lot of people. Um, so I also love to share stuff, like whether it be knowledge or information, I, I love a random fact, like I'm that kind of guy that will you could sit next to on a train and we could talk for an hour about whatever comes up in conversation. I don't sort of get nervous or anything around that sort of thing. So teaching is something that I've always liked, but never thought I'd want to be a teacher per se in the sort of general sense. Um, but then weirdly this whole, cause obviously my background in like modeling and acting and presenting has built up a huge resilience in, in my own personality. Like I still get nervous about things, but it's definitely nowhere near as much as if I hadn't have done that for so long. 
I'm very got quite a thick skin, I suppose, when it comes to rejection and yeah, taking things. And, yeah, of course, you know, it just comes with it. But the the benefits when you do get jobs is, is really, really cool. Um, so I think when I found coaching, it was like an aha moment for me in the sense of like, well, oh, I can actually like help people by teaching them the things that I've learned and helping them guide them through these things and whatever. But I also am like putting myself out there as a as almost like a presenter to do that particular thing as well. But I'm also very much into self-development myself. So I'm, I'm portraying my own values, and my own beliefs in my work, which is as much as I've read the thing that most people strive for. So I feel super lucky that I found, I suppose, my, my vision and my, my passion in life. And the thing is with, with this particular industry is that you're always learning. There's always different avenues to go down. And for me personally, I would love to go, I never went to university anyway, but I'd love to go to university and study psychology and, and, and actually go down a bit more of a, of a specific route with, uh, you know, psycho, psychology, psychology and coaching and see how they can, because they're very much an overlapping kind of industry as with therapy and uh, you know, leadership and that kind of all comes under that banner. But you know, it's, it, I'm still finding my feet in terms of like where specifically I would like to study, but that will come with time as I know it, it, as, as it has naturally with what I'm doing right now. So um, I think that when it comes to, you know, what's happened in my life to bring me to this point, I think that the people that know me well would say that I've always been somebody who enjoys the the positive side of life. And um, for for example, have you heard of something called the Enneagram? No. So the Enneagram is basically like a personality profile of uh, of, oh, yeah. of, of people, but um, it focuses mostly on how people perceive you rather than how you perceive others. And um, it talks about how you have your action center, your feeling center, and your thinking center. And it's, it's, there's nine points on it. It derives from a Greek word of, 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 um, of nine and, and um, I can't remember the other word, but it's basically like where you fill in this massive questionnaire that asks you kind of similar questions, but a different way to see how you answer them. And um, I came out as a number seven and the number seven is basically an enthusiastic visionary. Right. And uh, when I got that result, my family and friends were like, hit the nail on the head. That's exactly you in a nutshell. And it's weird when you read the report, you're like, yeah okay I actually do think like that and I do do that and whatever and it's it starts to give you a bit more insight into how you uh, uh, you see the world and so for example like if uh, somebody that was maybe another number offered me like an opportunity to work with them I'd automatically know like I'm this personality and this kind of how I see the world and this is how you are and how you see the world not because of like you've been the way you've been brought up it's just how you are it's like the core value inside you um so on that particular scenario we may not work but on this scenario we'd work like a house on fire so it works very well in businesses like big companies do the enneagram with their colleagues to basically work out who should work with who on particular projects because they get the best out of them that's kind of how it works so when i did the enneagram i was able to walk away with it with a with a knowledge of I actually work better in this situation and I am more uh, energetic and under this scenario or in, in these circumstances, I perform in the best way. And so, yeah, like the, a part of my studies will be one day to become an accredited Enneagram uh, practitioner. And I'd like to be able to then use that with my clients to help them discover the same thing. So yeah, like I said, there's constant learning happening mm -hmm. and I read a lot, which helps with, 
kind of broadening my mind around the whole thing and just having something to talk to people about if it comes up in conversation. So, yeah. I'm going to have to have a look at that thing. I wonder if there's like a number nine sarcastic ginger or something. Like, well, the number nine is, I believe, the strict loyalist, I think. I don't, uh, know. I don't know. I don't know. No, <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, there's, it, it's really interesting. If you read the Enneagram, like kind of what it, what it is, um, and then to dig a bit deeper into it, if you like, there's basically there's, there's what you are, like your sort of segment. And then you have what you call your wings. So your wings are basically the ones on your left and right of you. So for me, it's like an eight and a six. And the eight and a six have got their various different kind of analogies. And they give you a whole 27-page document that's like, okay, you're 75% seven, but then you've got like 25% of eight, which is kind of like leadership and a few other bits involved. But then I'm also a little bit like six, which is a bit shy and introvert in some respects. So there's elements of your personality they pick up on that you're like, oh, am I? Oh, that's actually, yeah, you're right. Because then they put it into context. Um, but then there's also the, the, the things that don't do so well for you. So if you met someone who is a, like a number two, then you would know categorically that you clash all the time on everything. So they're not your person. Whereas you get on really well with number fours, for example, because they, they're similar to you, but in a kind of a way that complements you rather than, you know mm. reacts with you so yeah look at it if you can go online and do a free course it's not as you don't get the report but even if you wanted to do a, a, a proper um uh, what's it called a proper report for one i think it's only like 50 pounds or something it's not it's not expensive mm. it's really weird it's slightly freaking me out but there's a lot of similarities between us in our personalities and in like certain things you said i'm like this is weird and what's weirder is that i was if i was going to if i was a boy i was going to be called jack I'm not lying in any way. So I'm <laughs> freaking out slightly in this, in this podcast. <laughs> kindred spirits, kindred yeah. spirits. I like Apart it. from the whole modeling thing, because I'm far too short and I would just be a terrible model. But Height's, Height is nothing. Don't believe oh. anybody when you read in the magazines. It's like they, they yeah, you, you, could, you, could, you could model for, for anyone you wanted to. Mm, so. Maybe if I didn't look like a shoe most of the time. <laughs> Emily, um, you, can't, you can't be asking yourself like that. <laughs> Um, so I mean, what, so you seem to have kind of thrived, you know, seen the positive in lockdown. And I think people like that are really important to kind of be able to share their experience. Um, have you found anything about yourself during this lockdown, maybe that you didn't realize before? Has it been kind of a period of self-reflection for you? Big time. Yeah. I think that everything was put very much into perspective from the second I arrived back in London. I was actually traveling for two months before I went before, before lockdown kicked in, it kind of brought me home early, but um, I really didn't know what was going on. Um, and I kind of got back and was like, Oh wow, this is actually quite serious. Okay. Uh, she, okay. What am I going to do about it? And for the, for the first week or two, I was like, Oh, it's a bit of, you know, I don't really know what's happening. So let's just ride it out. And obviously being a freelancer for so long, I kind of was used to having time to myself and whatever. But yeah, there was a lot of like, okay, let's let's be a bit real here. If this does go on for, let's say, even a month, how how am I going to support myself? How am I going to keep myself busy? How am I going to uh, find, you know, time to or, or the resources to keep in touch with my family, my friends? Like, how am I going to keep fit? How am I going? You know, these all these questions started coming at me, and I started to think like, well. I could get quite caught down or bogged down with all these answers and all these questions, or I could do one thing, which is instead of what I think a lot of people are doing is saying, Oh, I can't 
do this because of lockdown or I can't exercise because my gym's closed or I can't read books because the library's closed or whatever. You've got to ask yourself, how? How can I do this because of lockdown? And as soon as you say that word, your mind turns into a positive seeker. It starts looking for answers. And it's a very powerful coaching question in any respect. So if you, if you ever ask yourself, how can I do this? You start to really like look deep in and go like, oh, well, actually, yeah, I could do that. I could do this. I could do this. You know, so many people I met like in early days of lockdown, were like, oh, I, I can't see my family. I'm like, of course you can. How could you see your family? There's Zoom, there's Skype, there's, you know, Facebook Messenger, you know, Facebook do a bloody video thing these days. You know what I mean? There's so many ways of looking at it, but it just takes understanding that you can do something if you put your mind to it. So for me, the biggest realization of lockdown has been just that every single storm will come and it will batter down and it will rain and it will cause havoc. But at the end of it, there's still going to be something left over for you to, to work on, to plant new seeds, to let it grow, to be, you know, able to look at what we had and almost start afresh. Like look at this scenario as a fresh start for some people. And I think that's where I certainly have taken my coaching to the next level and decided that this is, this is now like from now on in, this is, this is me. I obviously, like I said, I'll be doing modeling bits and stuff, but it's, it's, it's much more like, 70 30 rather than it would have been the other way around if this hadn't kicked in because i just wouldn't have pushed it as hard as i have because i hadn't had the resources to do so so positive thinking around you know what we can control is really really important right now and if you can control anything that you love doing just put your heart and soul and energy into it right now because if you can do that you're going to be left in a very good situation when it all kind of goes back to whatever normal is in the future hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so true as well. I think quite often we can become victims in our own lives. Definitely. And by, you know, seeing, like, trying to, I think I've, in, in my life, I've, I've been in a very negative situation in my head and in, in like, physical life. Um, but actually learning to become positive and to think in a more positive way is one mm. of the most in powering things you can ever do because it doesn't stop bad things from happening but it stops you from breaking into pieces when bad things do happen yeah that's kind of the way I like to look at it yeah absolutely yeah I completely agree it's it's having I think as well you got to look at you got to look at the positives that you have had in your life in order to be able to draw on those strengths when you are in a bad place and the thing is a lot of people are so quick to forget the successes they've had because it's so easy to focus on a negative like as humans we are programmed to be negative right it's just the way we are unfortunately in our genes back from hunter gatherer days we were always programmed to be on the alert for a predator of some description so we're always like where's the negative right whereas we need to start really celebrating those successes. And even if it's a little success, like I got through today, you know, some people are dealing with some pretty bad mental health issues during, because of COVID and, and like each day is a struggle. So if you can celebrate the fact that you made it through another day, one day at a time, that's, that's just as important as being able to celebrate, I don't know, getting a university degree or passing a driving test or something. Cause it's still something that, you have done and you've struggled through and you've you've met the challenge and you've overcome it so yeah man like i think when it comes to actually 
focusing on on you and, and getting yourself out of a bad rut just like focus on the positives journal and write down what you've done in the past that you've been proud of and it will make you just instantly remember that you you are good at stuff and that you've had good times and there will be more to come it's just the ebbs and flows of life unfortunately mm, yeah definitely can this is probably a bit of a hard question um but i'm gonna challenge you with it anyway um what do you think if you if you could pinpoint it what do you think would be the single best piece of advice you've ever received wow a single piece of advice i've ever received or the single piece of advice that is really resonating with you it's maybe a nice mm. question look i think to give you given you a scapegoat then <laughs> no, no 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 like it's i think the same the same for both questions i have always resonated and actually is probably one of the best pieces of advice i've been given because it always comes up and it and that is trust the process um the, the process can be anything you want it to be but so long as you trust your process and what you're doing and how you do it then you will be fine because if you don't trust it then how can you expect anybody else to and you know, you look look at through history and look at the people that have been bold enough to trust their own instincts, to trust their gut, to trust whatever it might be that's happening, to trust the process. They were probably looked at back then as a crazy person, but actually have become someone of real substance. You know, Nelson Mandela comes to mind when I think of that. He trusted his gut when it was to try and, you know, break down apartheid in South Africa and and, and create equal rights. And, you know, very topical at the moment with what we're going through. But like, it just takes one person to trust their, to trust their, their real beliefs. And other people will see that they see the genuine and, and the, 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 the validity that it comes, comes with that. Um, but I also have a, a bit of advice that I kind of like to tell myself, which is just do what makes you happy. That's my, that's my mantra. It's what I do every day. I just try and do something that makes me happy because if everything else goes to pot, at least I did that one thing that makes a smile. Mm, I think that's really, really good advice and definitely something that you can take into, you know, any part of your life, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, uh, no matter what situation you find yourself in. So thank you for that. Um, Where can people find you? So if people have kind of listened to this podcast and they're thinking, I need some, I need some Jack Ravel in my life. Where (laughs) Where can they go? Absolutely. Well, look, um, I'm probably most uh, prevalent on Instagram. So it's at uh, Jack W for William Ravel, R-E-V-E-L-L. Um, and yeah, I, I have a link. Uh, my YouTube is the same, just at Jack W Ravel, but I post most of my link to my, most of my YouTube stuff from my Instagram. But um, yeah, if you want to get in touch, just drop me a message on Instagram. Uh, I also have a website, which is again, just my name.com, um, which you can sign up to and I'd send out emails and I can, you know, I can get, get in touch with me through that. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, it's, I'm, I'm sort of trying to broaden my horizons on other platforms, but at the moment, Instagram is kind of my, my main one. So you're not on TikTok dancing anytime soon. Do you know what? I tried it once. Uh, I think <laughs> I did a, I think I did a Macy Gray number of, uh, you know, like where, what's that song? You know, I, I, it sounds like I wore goggles when you're not here, but it's I, my world crumbles. You know the one? Oh uh, yeah. My world crumbles when you're not here. But it's actually like, <laughs> I feel like if you listen to it, like listen to it, and, and try not to think that she says, uh, I wore goggles when you were not here. And I, 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 I tried to I've do a silly, a silly video with me wearing some scuba goggles. And I was like, you know what? This isn't for me. So yeah. I'm officially old. I don't do TikTok. There we go. So, oh. yeah, no. I'll, uh, How maybe old we'll... are you? 
I'm 30. Oh, you're not old. No, I'm not I, old, I, but older than the most on TikTok, I think, at the moment. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. I, I mean, I, I think it's a little bit of escapism. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm one of those adults in like little quotation marks in my fingers um, who have gone on there and they're questioning what they're doing with their lives. <laughs> if but it makes like, you happy, why not do it? I know, but we did this koala challenge, me and my husband, and I'm so glad it's on there just because it makes me laugh every time because it's basically one person has to go around the other person without touching the floor mm. and he goes to like put me up over his shoulders and instead he just launches me back oh my god <laughs> the dog gets involved it's a big old night but it's so it makes me laugh every time so i'm like you know what even if i'm not going to be on tiktok this is this video for me just keeping it in my phone so whenever i get sad i'm just going to watch it did you do it to the mission impossible theme tune no i can't remember what we did i did do a slow-mo though so you can see it in slow motion <laughs> i put it on my instagram too with no music because it was amazing just funny not to share love that um, i'll check it out yeah but yeah, thank you so much for today. Um, oh, I'm leaving pleasure. with a big smile on my face. So hopefully Great. our listeners are too. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to ask me some really, really deep questions. I think that was really nice. And uh, yeah, giving me the opportunity to share uh, my views and my passions with, with everyone that will hopefully listen to this lovely podcast. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. Um, so as we said, you can go on to um, Jack's Instagram. I will post all of his links on the show notes. Make sure that you follow me on Instagram at mjandrew and at Tribe Top Podcast. And we will see you again soon. Bye. See ya. Bye.